Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, how good was that? that I'll was, tell you what. That was so Do you know what? Fun. They should have sent the cameras down here instead of sending them over to Tokyo because I, I think they would have got our, better content. I think our opening of our Speakman Olympics was pretty spot pretty on. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, we sort of accidentally set some leaves on fire. But other than that, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, it certainly did. And uh, for those people wondering what the hell we're talking about, you can see it on Instagram very soon. <laughs> We're the Speakmans, we're life change therapists, TV therapists, authors, and we're also very happily married, although he's practically perfect. I could probably do without Nick's attention to detail, which can be rather annoying, especially when he notices, like, immediately when I've curbed the car tyres. Can you say you don't curb the tyres, you curb the alloys? Okay. You say, is that what I do? It? Yeah, well, like, we want to be perfect, don't we? So let's uh, tell you as it is. Anyway, it can't be that bad. We've been married for 30 years and you're still here. Hold me in there. But we have good laughs and also help people overcome various anxiety disorders. So that might be panic attacks, body dysmorphia, insomnia, relationship issues, social anxiety, or even a specific phobia. And we're very aware that hearing what others have achieved makes your goals feel more achievable. So this is the place where we welcome friends into our home to tell their own stories, as well as adding in our own experiences and advice so that you can make a change in your life. Alrighty then. <laughs> Find that cosy corner of the house where you get a bit of peace or... Go out in the garden where it's sunny, because this is Making the Change. I think we should do something a bit like our own races, like Egg and Spoon. I, I like, and you say about Olympics, but I like the track and field more than anything, because people chase each other a lot, don't they? They do. They, they do. do. Yeah. In fact, did you hear about that naked man that broke into our local church? A naked man that broke into our local broke church. into the church. I know it sounds like it could never happen, but it happened. Okay. And the police were there, and they were chasing him all over the church. Yeah. They finally caught him by the organ. <laughs> <laughs> but that smarted a bit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, speaking of being chased. Yes, this is your fault. Our, our, our lovely guest. This is your fault, Jenny. Oh. Yeah, it's only. Jenny Ryan from The Chase. Yep. Come on, give her a big build-up, yep. at least. Big build-up, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she's staying for dinner as well. Yes, she is. Honestly, Jenny, welcome to my world. Yes. Yeah. When, when I said to you... Stop. 
pop over, come and have a chat with us. Yeah, I, it was supposed to be something a little bit more serious than than it. But thank you so much for coming to join us. Yes, thank you. It's lovely to see as you. As our really good friend, but also our favourite chaser, obviously, obviously. But yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm really pleased that you're here today because hopefully you might encourage Nick not to come down with so many jokes. But um, but I, what I did want to share with you guys about um, some of the emails that we get, and we we had a, a really interesting email. And I'll just, I'll just read it to you both. So um, it says, would it be possible for you to discuss the importance of asserting healthy boundaries with others and how to do so so that you don't become a doormat for others? I personally have always had trouble with this as I don't like confrontation and I hate being put on the spot as I associate it with being shamed and humiliated when I was a child by a relative who took pleasure in doing this to me. It's affected my life to the degree that I have become susceptible to patterns of bullying behaviour from others. And I have this ridiculous schema that it's safer to be silent. Uh, and that's something that we hear a lot, a isn't lot, it? Yeah. About, um, that's really sad, isn't it? It really is. It is really sad. But I do think, I was thinking about this, um, about how our sort of confidence and self-esteem is really very much influenced by people in our lives and, and as far as as Stephen goes and the fact that because basically saying it's safer to be silent is something that that we come across a lot and, and anybody who says that they're shy or that they lack confidence that's that's because they do believe it's safer to be silent but there's always a because of something's happened in the life and obviously with Stephen the fact is is that he's saying that he's he was bullied by a relative have you ever been bullied by the way yeah yeah and um that actually really resonates with me, that story. Really? Um, because I've always had a tendency to avoid confrontation and to put other people's needs and wants first and to really, almost to the point of managing their, you know, you can't manage other people's emotions, but try and manage them so that they're on an even keel, even though it means I absorb an awful lot of what's going on with them. And I know I, I've traced it back to childhood obviously a lot yep. of things go Always, all the way yeah, back yeah. to the idea that to get attention from you know a certain member of my family the best way to to keep them in my life was to be a little bit subservient and, and not do anything to upset them and to not set them off and to not make them think any worse of me when actually when I look at it as an adult and look back I think they would have been as ambivalent and distant with me if I'd been a troublemaker yeah. or if I'd just been my ordinary self then what I did which was to really let everybody walk over me and I've taken a bit of that into my adulthood and it's only recently that I've started to really redress the balance and not feel guilty about putting myself first sometimes oh. actually when you're trying to manage other people's expectations and their their behaviors and their emotions in fact I, I i do get into situations like that in a group scenario where i'm the emotional sponge and i'm the one who's trying to calm everybody down and level the playing field actually in many instances i probably would be not just kinder to myself to let them react or behave as they would normally and not worry myself about it but it would be kinder to them because they're adults as well. They mm. should be able to deal with these situations without me taking that role of absorbing the worst of things. Yeah, so I, I suppose what, it's what, what you're saying is that you're trying to look after everybody else, but to some degree... Lives inside of yourself. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, the two problems with that is, the first one is 
there's a lot of mind reading going on from Stephen and yourself because you think that you know what they want. And the second thing is you're sacrificing who you are to try and match what they want. But in, a, in actual fact, you don't really know what they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I was thinking that with Stephen, for example, that he's probably got so much to share with people. Yeah. But because of what happened in the past, he keeps it all to himself. Mm-hmm. And he might be amazing, yeah. as, as are you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're holding things back that you could be sharing with people that are incredible. But just in case, there's always that, yeah. should I, shouldn't I, instead of just being yourself. Yeah. But, because yeah. someone's taking it away. Yeah, but I think with as far as well, as both of you, but with with Stephen and and certainly with myself, and I know that we we've both experienced quite a lot of bullying in our life, and and for all of us, the thing that I would say that we need to make peace with is that those people didn't become bullies because of us. So Stephen's family member, they weren't that way, or they didn't bully Stephen because they thought, oh, this is a good idea, and I was you know I was this really lovely person that wouldn't bully anybody. But now that Stephen's come, oh God, I'm gonna have to start being a bully because it's never about that. It's always because you know what comes out of a bully's mouth says more about them than what it does about you. So the fact is, is that Stephen, and, and, and sometimes I say this and people kind of go, what a strange thing to say. But I do think, particularly with bullying, that in, in some respects, it's the biggest backhanded compliment because it's awful. It should never happen. There's no excuses for it. However, why do we get bullied? And it's usually because, number one, we're a nice person. So a bully will only target somebody that's not going to fight back with them. So take peace from the fact of knowing that it's because you're a flipping nice person. The second thing is that a bully would never come across or bother anybody who just kind of paled into insignificance or that were very vanilla. The fact that you've got something about you that's that's something different, that's something, you know, some some attribute that really shines. So it might be that you're particularly good at something or that the school teachers like you or that your parents are still married. The amount of people that we've spoken to over the years, and it's, it sounds mad, but literally they have been bullied and targeted because a child was jealous because their parents were still together. All that child wanted, that bully wanted, was their mum and dad to be together, and they couldn't be. Yeah. And it was something they couldn't fight about. I mean, so there are lots of reasons. And, and when, I remember that, I don't know if it was the last workshop we did, or the one before, because we always said to people, we talk about bullying, and we ask people to put their hands up. And every single person in the room put their hand up. Yeah. But also, do you remember that lady? And the lady put her hand up and she said, I've got to confess, I was a bully. Yes. Do you remember that? I do. And, I and do. she said that she... She became a bully because she got bullied for so long. She thought, I've had enough of this. And she turned around and then she became the bully. Protection. Only so that she didn't get bullied herself. Yeah. And she said, and it's it's the worst thing I've ever done. I yeah. feel so guilty. Yeah. No, but that? but that is, but it is all about protection. But in Stephen's case, and I know you mentioned about confrontation and I've got to, I'm, you know, I've got to say that I don't like confrontation as such. However... You know, I changed my perspective of confrontation, which is what the advice I would give to Stephen too, because he was sort of saying that, what did he say? He said, I personally have always had trouble with this as I don't like confrontation. So what he's saying is that his expectation is that he's going to speak out. He's going to say what he wants or or, or mention that he's not very comfortable about something and this person's going to retaliate and there's going to be some sort of, uh, some sort of an argument, fight, confrontation. And the fact is, is that... Why does it have to be a confrontation? Why can't it just be a discussion? If you're ordering food in a restaurant and you go, oh, you know, I asked for this instead of that, is that confrontation or are you just saying what you want? Because, so my, you know, my advice to Stephen is change your perspective. That's an interesting thing that you bring up there. 
Oh, have I said something interesting? Yeah, Did yeah, for a change. Yeah, yeah well it. done. Yes, you managed. I've been waiting for this moment. Here it is, at last. Sod off. Yeah, but but some people will get the wrong. They'll order food and they'll get the wrong order and they'll just say, hey, "I don't want to say anything." I don't. I find that yeah, so hard but, to grasp. Okay, so you've ordered something and it comes and it's not what you want. Why would you not say, "Oh, excuse no, no, me, backtrack"? You're ordering something and you're paying for it. Yeah. Don't you think that the person that owns that restaurant? actually really wants you to enjoy your meal. Of course they do. And they, and, and they like you to come back. They want yeah. your business. Right? So because someone, you know, because it got lost in translation when you were asking for it, you know, and it got written down wrong or whatever, and it comes and it's wrong, why should you just put up with that? Yeah. But that's one, that's one of the starting things, isn't it? You've got to start, those, it's those little things that eventually become the big things. Yeah, so but it's that's not... a, for Stephen, that's a good place yeah. to start, just saying, look, you know, if you get something and it's not right, then... Speak out. Yeah, but you're speaking out, and, and then especially again, when you're paying for it. Well, yeah, but as far as your family member goes, you've got you've got options. You can distance yourself from them if if they are somebody that's not prepared to change. But speak to them. You can speak to people without being confrontational. And the best way to address that, the best way to really say what you want or that you're not happy with, without it being confrontational, is always start with the positive. So you go something like, so let's say that this this family member that was being unkind. To Stephen, he starts the conversation with, "Listen, I know that you're a lovely person, even if they're not. I know that you're. <laughs> I know that you're. A you don't mean person. to be like. Yeah, that. no, yeah. but I know that you're a really nice person, and I really enjoy our time together. So you like really building them up, and you're making them feel really good. And then you go, and I know that because you're so nice, and because you know you're just such a lovely person that you'd never ever want to hurt anybody. So I just wanted to let you know that when you said that, I'm sure that I misunderstand it, but I just really need to know that really hurt my feelings. Then you sort of positive, it's like a negative sandwich, isn't it? And then you end up with something a bit positive. And a negative sandwich. (laughs) Positive, negative, positive. What's that taste like? Well, because because it's all about what's in the middle of a sandwich, isn't it? Don't take it personally. If anybody's ever been horrible to you, it actually isn't about you. It's about them. That's the first thing. Second thing, change your perspective of it. Realise that, A, if anybody's speaking down to you, then that is because they've got their own issues and they already feel so rock bottom and they feel that maybe they're envious of you or that you're above them because they feel so bad about themselves. So they're just doing anything they can to give themselves a bit of power. Change your perspective on confrontation because it's just a case of being honest, but you can do that in a nice way. Don't overthink things either. You know, we where, where you were saying about people in the restaurant, we start to overthink that, oh, I'm going yeah. to upset somebody, I'm going to offend them. Try not to overthink it. Just go, this is what I want. And think about what you want because that's really important. You've got to understand what you want so that you you know what your point is that you're trying to put across. And you've got to also learn to love and respect yourself because it's only when you respect yourself that others will start to respect you, which I think is a really important thing. So a big part of becoming stronger, becoming the person that you should be, is by starting to raise your self-esteem. You know, anybody that's unkind to you, these are people that... We class as confidence saboteurs, aren't we? People that knock your confidence, like in Stephen's case. You know, Stephen's not confident to speak out because somebody was unkind to him and then he, he felt it's just better to keep quiet. And I was thinking about me because I've, I've had kind of a, shall we say, a little bit turbulent life, childhood, maybe. Okay. And so bullying from a, like a really young age. And then I was thinking, what was it? Because when we first met, I had like zero self-esteem, zero confidence. And I thought... What was it? Who was it that took my confidence away? And I've always 
very quickly gone to the go-to people of the bullies and then sort of I had an abusive boyfriend who was awful to me so I always kind of went to that and then today as I was thinking about it I actually recall being at school I'm 10 years of age I was a school prefect and the school teacher in my break ready for her class I was a prefect for her year three uh, so I was in year six and I was a prefect for year three and she wanted me to chop up some pieces of this paper that these kids were going to glue into something. Before, yeah, but I, yeah, but I obviously haven't actually dealt with it because as I was thinking about it, what actually happened was in my break, she asked me to cut these pieces of paper up and she just said, cut them up. I obviously they didn't hear or misunderstood or she forgot to tell me she wanted them in squares. So I'm just kind of cutting them. Some are triangulars, some are squares, some are sort of rectangles, whatever. Did the job. And went back to lessons and then at the at lunchtime she called for me and she gave me such a dressing down and screamed at me and called me stupid and like literally was just like really cross at me and um she said i couldn't be her the prefect for that class anymore and it absolutely and even like now i can feel i've got a lump in my throat even just talking about it absolutely broke my heart because the way she made me feel was literally that that i was stupid and hadn't been listening but it literally was a misunderstanding and how she dealt with it in hindsight now was horrific. Yeah. And I can actually say that she probably had a bigger impact on me than I actually realised yeah. in my confidence. And and I think that this is where even inadvertently teachers can actually be confident saboteurs if they're not cautious with how they deal with people. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Have you had confidence saboteurs in your life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're still out there. I think it's something that happens, especially when you put your head above the parapet in in any respect. So I'm thinking back to school days when there was always, you know, that group of boys and girls who would sneer at my friendship group because we were in the top sets and we didn't really want to fit in with them. We weren't the sporty kids. We weren't the kids who got up first thing to do the makeup and roll the skirts up and, and... all that sort of stuff. We, we weren't buying into that side of it and we deliberately showed that we didn't really care about it. And so that made them all the more want to puncture our bubble and to make us feel like even more outside than we were. We kind of set ourselves up as the outsiders yeah. of our secondary school. We protected each other. We didn't want to have to buy into all that. But even now, I know that every time I post anything on social media, even if it's the most the most innocuous photo on Instagram of me, you know, having a nice time. And I don't try, I don't put filters on or anything, but, you know, it's going to be a nice picture of me. having. This. And, and, you know, immediately out of the first five comments is going to be one that's pointing out something that's wrong with the picture, even if it's not something personal about me. You know, oh, did you know that there's a mirror right behind you in that picture where you can see your reflection? Why don't you just like the photo and not have to find a fault with it? So there's people who are always just... And then it makes you go, oh, I should have thought more about posting that photo and what if I put in the background of other pictures? And it makes you drill into a million layers of everything you've ever done all of a sudden. They they just want to have their two penneth in any conversation, don't they? So they'll find something. And you know that out of hundreds of comments that you get, that are really positive about any small thing that you do, especially when you're in the public eye, you're gonna get a handful which are negative and might even get into personal attacks. And it does a little bit to offset it, all these positive things, but you remember, you remember the wording of those, some of those particularly barbed ones, and you think, how have I let that one person who clearly has some, they've got an issue themselves that they've not addressed, and they're finding a way of getting power over other people is to try and pop the bubble. And that seems really sad, but also you're thinking, actually, it's it's working. Yeah. This has got to me. And what you can't really do is let it be shown that they're getting to you because that'll be a power trip for them. And you don't want to empower them to do that to other people. So how do you deal with that? A lot of the time that just try and internalise it or just brush it off and try and... I'm consciously trying to remember the positive things now, but there's there's always going to be something, some undermining comment that rings in the back of your mind. It is unpleasant, and I, I, I know that I have to be really conscious about taking positive action against that because it's, I don't think it's something that I can completely get rid of, and I think it's part of a healthy mind that you are critical of yourself and you are 
open to hearing other people's opinions. Uh, I wouldn't want to shut all that down entirely, but balancing that out with the positive things, it's it's been really hard. And it's something that I do because I, especially as a woman, because we get a lot of criticism from a very early age now about the way we look, however we look, um, and being very conscious of that, I've always taken some of those comments along with me, you know, about I, I, I got a comment when I was um, quite young from a member of my family, um, not a blood relative, but someone I wanted to impress and I wanted to be more in their favour than I was. So I did a lot to try and impress her and, but nothing worked. And one day I was at her house and she'd fed her kids and I went in and I'd, I'd missed lunch. She'd fed them and they'd run off. And I said, oh, well, I'm hungry. And she said, oh, well, you have to wait for tea. Look at you, you won't waste away. And I I look, I look, think of that all the time whenever how, I how feel... How old were you then? I would have been about eight or nine. And I now think of that every time, like I open the fridge, I'm like, oh, there's nothing here I really want. And I think to myself, well, look at you, you won't waste away. Jenny, that's so sad. Yeah, it, it's just a small comment. And that's from an adult. That's from a parent and someone who should have known better, someone who had their own body issues now that I think about it as a grown-up. And trying to process that is very hard. And I know I can't ever forget that, but what I do now as an adult is if I look in the mirror and anything like that goes through my mind, I now out loud say two really positive things about the way I look. And it's felt really unnatural to start with because I'm not that kind of person who feels positive about themselves all the time. But it started to work and I feel, I I believe it now when I say it, when I say, you're looking really good there. Look at that. Very sexy. Very nice. And and I know then I'll do a twirl for myself. I start to believe it whilst that comment is still in the back of my mind. I can't, I can't delete it. And that's an interesting point because we always say the best way to resolve anything is to find the cause, the foundation. And and just listening to you, that has obviously had a massive impact on you. Can I ask you a question just in relation to that comment? Because you're just seeing it in a nasty way and I get it. It's a nasty thing to say to any child. Could it have been said in any other way? What what, what I mean by that is... Might have misunderstood. Yeah, was she... Was she just like that with everything that she said, right? Was it just targeted at you? Was it just like, look, I can't be bothered making any food now because she was lazy, right? And you're going to have to wait until later on. Just because she was lazy, not because of you and how you looked, Mm. it was because of her. Just think about that. And I'm going to give you another alternative to consider because literally that's what it comes down to, a change of perspective. Could it be that that was actually said to her in her lifetime? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I completely believe that she'd had those comments for, yeah. you know, for her during her childhood from people she looked up yeah. to. So I think that, and this is the thing that people, particularly adults, don't realise how scarring a comment can be. You know, a flippant comment from a teacher or a teacher being cross like that one with me that made me believe, because this was somebody that I really looked up to. This was my teacher, a teacher who, and I really liked her. And she just destroyed me in a second. But looking back at it, no, she was just, she'd not articulated it well enough or I'd not understood it well enough. But either way, 
she was the adult so if she didn't articulate it well enough she's supposed to be a teacher and if i didn't hear it then it's a mistake and she's still a teacher so she should have known better but again she again she could have been having a bad day she right? could have the, the, there's always that that she could have been having a yeah. bad day when, when we look at confidence saboteur biggest culprits jenny first of all parents and this is again this is just a sort of misunderstanding really amount of people that we've had sat actually in this room in our clinic this is, this is obviously our clinic room and the amount of people that we've had sat in this room that have said to us you know that they feel that they feel worthless that the parents never loved them and then you'll and then we'll ask them the question okay so you believe that your parents didn't love you or that they didn't really want you or that they didn't that, that you felt that you were neglected to some degree and then and we'll ask them that why well, well they don't and they'll say well you know they didn't spend any time with me or or they would be very critical of me or that they were very um very strict with me and so again because it's all down to perspective if we were to ask that client's parents did they love them they would say probably Absolutely. yes and what we will say to our client often is go okay listen i get it but different generations you know how do your parents know how to parent copying their own and what realistically particularly sort of few years ago you know what was the criteria of of a good parent so my question is always what would your parents criteria have been to being a good parent and invariably it's roof over the head food in the belly keeping you safe keeping you safe you know in a, in a warm home whatever and did those parents fulfill that criteria yes they did so I accept that as a child, you may have felt that, you, you know, your parents didn't bother with you very much. or But but that might have been because they were working hard to fulfil their criteria of a parent. Equally, another one that we hear is that a parent is very critical. Well, and we actually only heard this the other day that somebody, we, we were doing a, actually doing a family. But, but being we? critical was the parent's view of being motivational. Yeah. But it's a fine line. Because you want your children to do well. You want them to be better than you. And you want them to be better than they are. So uh, it's that fine line of telling them how good they are, but also pointing out the things that they've done wrong so they can perfect those for the future. And again, you know, a child, depending on what age they're at, and their cognitive ability, they can just take that as nothing but criticism yeah. as opposed to seeing it as motivation. And then the other one, another confidence saboteur, is having a sibling. And that can be on two counts. One, yeah. one that the sibling's really awful to you. And again, that's not because, like now, what we, what we realise, and when you work through it, what you actually realise is that most often it's that sibling's unkind to you because they're envious of you. Yeah. And especially if you're the younger child because you know you've got this elder child that's perfectly happy they've got all mum and dad's attention and then all of a sudden this younger one comes along so there's like there's natural you know to be a bit of resentment but how many times have we worked with people as you know in families and you've had a brother and sister sat together and the brother said yeah but you were the favourite ones of the sister. And the sister said, no, you, you were, were the, the favourite yeah. right <laughs> honestly so many times and they've lived the life thinking they were second best and then you've got kids that get labels so for example i know i remember working with a lady in clinic and and she just felt actually that she that her parents preferred the sister but then when we when you started to talk more what what actually happened was that you've got these two girls one of them passes the 11 plus at the back then to go to, to grammar school the younger one didn't and the younger one is the one that seemed to get all the attention and and the reason being is that mum and dad felt sort of sorry that for the for the younger because everybody knew the eldest one was the clever one because she's at grammar school but the younger one isn't so mum and dad are compensating oh she's a great singer she's a great dancer and they're compensating that way 
because they... but the sister, but that younger sister was comparing herself to the older yeah. one, and uh, so that's another. And then so, obviously yeah. partners is a, a big one, like that's a big one, mm-hmm. and it, and it absolutely blows my mind. The last time I was reading an article, it said that the police receive a hundred calls per minute with cases of domestic abuse and domestic violence, which just totally. It's hard to comprehend. It really is. You know, I was one of those people before I met Nick. I was in a relationship that was violent. And the reason being is that I had really low self-esteem already. So I meet this person who makes me feel great. And then when he starts being nasty to me, little chipping away, chipping away, I accept it. Because like Stephen was saying, partly because I'm used to it, partly because I don't want confrontation and partly because I believe I deserve it anyway because I've already been bullied and feel really bad about myself. But now again doing what we do now and looking back realized that you know he had issues of his own and felt really bad and abandoned himself and therefore was angry really but they've also done studies as you know on being able to express yourself and in studies where they apparently a person on average an average person has about four thousand words in their vocabulary whereas they did some studies with violent criminals and they had a vocabulary range of around 2,000 as opposed to 4,000. And therefore, they became, the, the theory was that they became violent because they couldn't express themselves. Yeah. So instead of being able to go through certain levels of, of anger and of like trying to get things out, they just went straight to the top and started getting violent. I, I, I reckon that's, you know, when you hear about the kids and they say they're terrible twos and they have tantrums. Yeah. I actually think that's because they're at an age where they now know what they want. Yeah. But I haven't got the vocabulary to express well, I, I remember, I, I've got very early memories. I remember being two. And I remember being so frustrated that I couldn't read and write because it was a, it was a secret language that grown-ups had. And I was desperate to be in it. Ah. So I used to write my mum long letters that were just curly, curly, curly. And I thought, one of these days, she's going to understand what I've written. I love that. Uh, and that's why I was so desperate to learn to read and write. I was reading and writing when I was three. What's interesting, I'm just going to ask you a question, actually, Jenna. You know when you talked about that person, we don't need to know who it was. I Can I ask you another question? Oh, just before you go to that question. Okay. <laughs> right, I noticed that when we talked about some um, some possible alternatives of that situation, that you seem to have a little bit of a shift, I noticed, in your eye when you think about them. Am I right? Yeah, I, I become a lot more easy with that as an adult separating what happened to me when I was a kid and how it made me feel particularly in my adolescence and my 20s which were a really hard time for me and then I feel like I got to a bit of a threshold and I know I can see I'm finding it much more easy to see the perspective of other people and their what might have driven them to behave a certain way and to forgive them a lot more easily because I, I know that people who made me feel bad when I was a kid were were mostly doing it thoughtlessly. It was, it was, it was not a malicious thing. They were not doing things deliberately to hurt me. A lot of the things that happened to me, actually having spoken to therapists in the past, they've, they've said that person was emotionally abusive towards you. However, it wasn't a deliberate act. And now can you resolve that person as an adult? to how they made you feel when you were a kid. So some of those people are still in my life and having the maturity now to think, well, they had their reasons for behaving like that. They didn't know how much they were hurting me. And if they knew, 
if either of us knew, were able to communicate to each other how it made us feel, then maybe things would have been different. But now time has passed. I've worked out why it's hurt me and managed to get through it and get around it and file the ed sharp edges off. And I've managed to get a, a new relationship as an adult, adult to adult, not yeah. that child parent relationship where there's the power disparity that always made me feel small. And now I, I managed to set boundaries. So I know I can only take a certain amount of time in the company of, of one of these people. And we have a very cordial and, you know, a warm adult relationship, but not the same. We've not got the same relationship as when I was a kid. I don't feel that I have to see them and I don't feel that I have to be a certain way with them. I've got my boundaries because I don't want to, I don't ever want to be hurt again like that. And, and that's one of the keys. And I love the fact that you said, I set the boundaries because that puts you in charge yeah. and not them. And once you draw that line in the sand and say, right, this is it, right? This is what I'm willing to give you. You take it or leave it. Then that puts you in the in charge and you become the adult. Yeah. It's and, great. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to go past the point where I guess either I've told myself or I've been told in the past that certain acts doing choosing to do things for myself are selfish and going past that and thinking actually it's not selfishness it's self-interest and I'm going to put myself first why should I worry about other people when I need to prioritize my own my own mental health a lot of the time yeah. is what I yeah. need to do I take remove myself from situations and that's much more healthy for me but it's very hard to get rid of the guilt of, of putting yourself first. Oh, honestly, Jenny, as far as that's concerned, let well, me tell you. that's indoctrination. Yeah, that it? is. There's only one person that's going to be with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week and all your life, and that is you. And if you're not going to put yourself first, then nobody else is. And the fact is, is that I can tell you categorically that it's the least selfish thing that you can do to put yourself first. The reason that I say that is that if you put yourself first, you then become happy, you become stronger, and then those that really love you will be happier because they see you're happy. But also what that will do is that that will allow you then to help other people. And and it, the world's like a mirror. If you're confident, if you're strong, if you're happy, then that will radiate back. Uh, and, and one thing that a little tip I'll give you here. If you were to imagine, this is just such a great thing. It's such an easy thing to do, but just so you can see for yourself. So if you imagine that person's face, particularly how they looked back then, you might notice that you can sort of imagine that there's an image of them somewhere very close to your face. Or can you see that? And where would you say that image was if you were to put your hand? Yeah. So you can see their hand sort of like just above your head. Yeah. Right. Imagine right now that I'm or imagine it floating away or imagine that that image and you and then imagine that image is going away and just notice how that feels. Yeah. Does that feel lighter? Yeah. So what we've noticed is that how we code people is really interesting, that that person was somebody that hurt you, but yet you could see their image quite close to your face in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But realistically, they should be further away. Yeah. You can actually imagine their face moving further away, behind something, but going into the distance. Mm -hmm. And it does actually give you a sense of relief. Yeah. We've had a bit of a deeper meaningful there. We have, haven't we? we? Yeah. Should we go and fire up the barbie? I think we should. Go and sit outside for a bit. We'll be here same time, same place next week. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Have you made a big change in your life? Do you think 
others could learn from what you were able to achieve? If so, we'd really love to have you on our podcast. So you can get in touch with us on Facebook, The Speakman's Official, on Instagram, The Speakman's, or on Twitter, the underscore Speakman's and always use the hashtag making the change. And as you might have gathered, our new book, Everyday Confidence, is out now where we share more about confidence saboteurs and how to cut those invisible emotional ties that allow their words and actions to still affect you today. We really, really hope it'll help you build up your self-worth and self-esteem because you deserve to have absolutely unshakable confidence. We can't wait to hear what you think of it. Thank you so much again to our brilliant and super smart and lovely guest, Jenny Ryan, who I'm now going to chase around the barbecue. Because <laughs> why not? There's nothing better than chasing a chaser, is there? And also to our producer, Anushka Tate for Orion Publishing Limited. And to you, of course, for listening. So until next week, keep, keep making, making the, the change. change. Bye. Bye. This podcast is not a substitute for medical or psychological intervention, nor is the content intended to replace therapy or medical help or advice. We would therefore always strongly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Encourage you to speak with your doctor or a health professional about how you are feeling and also to inquire about counseling or therapy.